You know how important it is to ensure that your supplements are genuine, safe, and effective. That's why I partnered with Fullscript, an online dispensing platform that only offers curated professional-grade brands that I know and trust. The very same supplements that I prescribe to my patients and take myself. Never counterfeit or expired, always stored and shipped correctly. Just go to DearHoffmanStore.com to start your free Fullscript account. Buying through Fullscript offers fast shipping, optional refill reminders, a mobile-friendly site. It's safe, secure, and HIPAA compliant and offers world-class support. Fullscript also gives you access to my custom targeted supplement protocols that combine the products that I recommend to address specific needs, heart health, immune support, and much more. Just go to DearHoppinStore.com to sign up for your free Fullscript account. You'll get access to the supplements and features you need to help you achieve your wellness goals. That's DearHoppinStore.com. DearHoppinStore.com. Welcome back to today's Intelligent Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ronald Hoffman. Our discussion is about uh, a nutrient that, you know, I think uh, a lot of people uh, are not that up on. It's astaxanthin. It's a member of the carotenoid family. And Neil Levin is our point-and-shoot expert, uh, pointing the direction of a supplement or nutritional issue, and he'll come up with an answer. Uh, so, Neil, now you mentioned in part one, kind of teased us to this discussion in part two, that one of the attributes of astaxanthin is that it's an antioxidant, it fights three radicals, and it has the ability to cross the blood-brain barrier. A lot of compounds can't do that. The brain is protected with the blood-brain barrier, but the blood-brain barrier allows for passage of nutrients like uh, astaxanthin and other fat-soluble nutrients, like, for example, uh, omega-3s. The brain is very rich in omega-3s, uh, that's because they're fat soluble. They can cross from your digestive tract uh, into your bloodstream and then they go into the brain and they help cognitive function and may stave off cognitive decline. Now, astaxanthin uh, gets in the brain. It also uh, gets into your eyes because your eyes kind of an extension of your central nervous system, right? Yeah, the eyes structurally are actually considered a uh, part of the brain and, and you have to go through the brain to get to the eyes in terms of delivering nutrients. Mm -hmm. Now, I always thought of lutein and zeaxanthin as being the, the things, you know, in the eye formulas, uh, in, uh, you know, the things based on uh, uh, the, uh, uh, the studies that demonstrate the benefits of, uh, uh, of things like zinc and uh, lutein, zeaxanthin. Those are carotenoids related to uh, astaxanthin. Is there evidence that astaxanthin can also have a good effect? Well, yes. Uh, astaxanthin can benefit the eyes as well. The, the, the reason why is because there are different parts of the eye. Like lutein is the central uh, part of the eye uh, where light is passing through. But if you get around the edges, they're using different carotenoids. So it's not one, you need different ones. Zeaxanthin works in a different area. Mesozeaxanthin works in still another area. Astaxanthin works in a different area. And they recycle each other, as antioxidants do. These uh, antioxidant family of compounds, that they tend to become oxidized when they are doing their free radical fighting, their antioxidant benefit. And 
they can actually be recycled and recharged, the term is reduced to an antioxidant again Hmm. by other antioxidants. Hmm. Uh, So, you know, having a combination is actually better than having one, and we see that with all the antioxidants. In fact, astaxanthin with tocotrienols, part of the vitamin E family, are actually more powerful in effect on the brain than either one separately. Hmm. Okay, so tocotrienols, part of the vitamin E family, which really uh, consists of eight different compounds, the tocotrienols and the tocopherols, and not just uh, alpha tocopherols. We really need a, uh, just as with the carotenoids, we need uh, uh, mixed tocopherol tocotrienols to get a full complement of the benefits. Um, So, all right, so when it comes to uh, eye health, uh, I think there's another attribute that is attributed to Astaxanthin, and it has to do with eye strain. Am I on the right track there? Yeah, eye strain. I mean, we're also seeing the carotenoids work differently on different wavelengths of light. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's, there's, it, this becomes more complicated. We're not going to get into all that today. But, physics you know, of that, yeah. Right. right. Uh, but we are seeing uh, uh, visual differences. Uh, like, they, they had healthy adults take nine milligrams of astaxanthin or placebo every day for six weeks, and they looked at their near vision acuity. How sharp was their near near vision? And they tested before and after playing the video game Tetris, which I'm sure a lot of your listeners are familiar with. That's a very so, retro, you know, that's retro a, reference there, Tetris. Yeah. It, it is, but it, it requires, you know, you're, you're looking at these shapes and yeah. having to figure out how they're fitting. So there's a lot of visual component mm-hmm. to the game. Yeah. So uh, the volunteers who are over age 40 have significant difference in visual data, and th- there was a, uh, they were able to see better, basically, at week six. And... The younger ones, uh, the, the volunteers under 40 years old, there was a better pupil constriction rate, which is uh, the ability to react to light. Hmm. And, you know, that that ties into uh, eye fatigue when you're using screens, computers, monitors, TVs, phones, where your eyes can get tired of looking at that stuff. And... Having these free radical fighters in the eye actually helps the the eye adjust. In, in fact, astaxanthin has a particular affinity to the retina right. and protecting the retina, mm-hmm. where the lutein and the xanthin work more on the macula. So, you know, different parts of the eye structures react differently to the different carotenoids. Okay, so you're you're out there in Chicago. Uh, you know, have you turned the Cubs and the White Sox onto this? Because if not, uh, uh, send some over so we can sell it to the Yankees and the Mets because they just seem to be, you know, they're not hitting the ball too well these days. It, you know, it's, it involves, it's probably like Tetris-like in, as a visual challenge to hit a 100-mile-an-hour fastball. Uh, yeah, that that hand-eye coordination, you know, can't be underestimated, and the eyes have to be healthy, and, you know, uh, protecting them from free radical damage, you know, I mean, that is damage. I mean, if you have damage in the eyes, you can get floaters, you can get uh, uh, the macula, 
it's basically evaporating, not being protected, breaking down in, in light, and you start losing central vision. You know, there, there's uh, the cataracts are oxidative damage, basically. So uh, there's a, a, a retinopathy, which is related to diabetes and things, which is also oxidative damage. So degeneration, right? Yeah. Yeah, so these are all oxidative damage to the eyes, and having these carotenoids and other related things like the vitamin E family we just talked about are protective. That's nature's protection of how our eyes are supposed to be. We're supposed to be eating a variety of plant foods that supply these, and in the absence of that, supplementation can help mitigate that we're deficient in these Really, they're essential. You know, we can't make these carotenoids. We have to get them in the diet. But they haven't set amounts like RDAs or daily values mm-hmm. and quantified how much we need. So let's turn our attention to the brain. Uh, is there any research on, on cognitive benefits of astaxanthin, or is that in the early stages now? Yeah, both cognitive function and mood okay. uh, function. So they looked at 9 milligrams of astaxanthin or placebo for 12 weeks, and they looked at uh, volunteers with mild forgetfulness but not overt, you know, uh, brain disease or, you know, uh, they didn't have Alzheimer's or, you know, dementia or those kind of things. And they had significant improvement in memory scores on objective cognitive function tests as well as subjective symptoms of remembering words how many of us stumble over words as we age and you know that's normal it's you know what was that word who was it what was that name that kind of thing so there were actual improvements over 12 week period uh another I'm one sorry, what, study were you, what with, were you just saying no i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> and another study looked at at 12 milligrams astaxanthin or placebo every day 28 healthy active adults, average age in the lower 40s, uh, for eight weeks, they evaluated their mood, and there was a significantly reduced score that was looking at uh, mood states of vigor, tension, depression, anger, mm-hmm. fatigue. Yep. That across, you know, across that panel, there was improvement after eight weeks, significant improvement, and indicating a more positive mood state. Uh, fatigue and, and that's, and that's was interesting also because reduced. If I might interject, that's interesting because uh, there is now research suggesting that things like curcumin, which is anti-inflammatory, you know, may help to sop up free radicals, uh, has mood benefits. And therefore, uh, we've arrived at a theory that, to some extent, anxiety, depression, uh, fatigue, are inflammatory states of the brain. If we can kind of cool down the brain on fire uh, with, you know, maybe a, a variety of complementary nutrients, uh, we can thus impact mood. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's plausible. You just, you just have to just think about, you know, beyond a few familiar nutrients that we t- have talked about. Well, it's not only plausible. The National Institutes of Health recognizes that oxidative and inflammatory challenges uh, will affect the brain and affect brain aging and the way the brain ages and how it declines with age. 
I mean, that is actually on the NIH webpage. When I do brain uh, health nutrient training, I, I actually have a slide showing the NIH page describing these are actual factors recognized by the, by the government and by the doctors in the federal government. So they say that the devil can, can, uh, can um, quote, scriptures to suit his purposes. I guess that's what you're doing when you go to the government website and say even the government <laughs> can underwrite. Well, well, I, and what it means is it's authoritative and it's not, a, it's it not really in dispute. It is indeed. You know. yeah, it is authoritative. Yeah, I get your point, though. <laughs> <laughs> because the government is not necessarily a, a great proponent of, of nutritional supplementation all the time. Uh, okay. Well, that's what makes something like that important because they are anti-supplement and they're still recognizing the benefits of antioxidants and anti-inflammatories in the brain. Yeah in terms of maintaining our brain function as we age. We have, they have to acknowledge it. Uh, okay, right. so, all right, you know, we've, we've covered, you know, skin, we've covered eyes, we've covered uh, brain, but, you know, there's a tendency when a nutrient is beneficial for one part of the body that its effects are, and I know you know the word, I'll introduce it to our audience, pleiotropic. Fancy word meaning uh, they work everywhere. There are a multitude of effects throughout the body. And so as a as an athlete, you know, I'm interested in uh, preserving muscle function, you know, muscle function declines with age, uh, a lot of uh, athletic exertion generates a lot of free radicals in your tissues and your joints. Is there any evidence that astaxanthin can be helpful for uh, athletes? Yes, uh, there are studies showing astaxanthin helps with muscle recovery after intense exercise. It may improve muscle strength in some studies. Uh, in healthy young men, there's a couple of clinical studies at four milligrams a day. Even significant that, improvement that. of strength endurance. Even that. Like yeah. knee squats. Wow. Okay. Also, uh, an increase in performance, power input uh, in cycling trials. So uh, there you go. And 12 milligrams a day of natural astaxanthin had a 7% decrease in heart rate in overweight people who are on, on a cycling uh, tester for four weeks. So they went on the ergo, er, ergometer yeah. where they were cycling and it was measuring their energy output. Right. They, their heart rate went down 7% versus the placebo group. And, and what that which suggests, is which is good, which suggests that they may have had, a, it strengthened their cardiac output and their heart didn't have to beat as fast to achieve the same level of output. So that is advantageous. Um, so, well, so, yeah, especially for overweight people, it's hard for them to get started on exercise, yeah. and they get fatigued easily. Astaxanthin seems to help that. Interesting. Okay, so uh, give me a little chronology on this because I've you know I've heard about astaxanthin. Um, you know, mostly certainly didn't hear much about it in the nineties. Began hearing about it in the in the you know the two thousands. How long uh, have you been aware of it, and uh, when did you introduce this supplement? This is not one of your legacy supplements that's been around for, you know, uh, 20, 25 years, right? No, I mean, astaxanthin has been, oh, I'm, I'm guessing 10 years. Uh, if I look at the 4 milligram one, how long have we had it? You know, it's really not that long. Okay, so um, you, you started with four milligrams, and then you, you realized the, the safety and the utility 
of higher doses, and now you've introduced the 12 milligram capsule. Very small, very small pill, very easy to it, swallow. It, yeah, it look, looks like uh, 2003, about 20 years ago, mm-hmm. is when we first introduced this. I just looked at our label history. Okay. Okay. Well, uh, you know, I got to say that for me, uh, it's been on my radar screen, but it's not something that I have uh, incorporated in my own supplement program. I will now. Uh, nor is it something that I've uh, suggested that people use. Uh, now, is there are there limitations on it? Is there any situations where you might not want to use it, or it, it doesn't sound like it has much in the way of side effects? No, I mean they've looked at toxicity in eighty-seven plus clinical trials. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hundred milligrams a day short term is seems to be safe. No toxicity long term 8 to 12 milligrams seems to be safe no liver toxicity which mm-hmm. would be something you'd be worry about no severe adverse events have been recorded uh like i said the redding of stool seems to be the only noticeable symptom at the high doses okay and it's it's not a blood thinner right and unlike right. some other medication, so it can be used for people on blood thinners. And unlike some medic, some medications, you know, for example, uh, milk thistle. Milk thistle is uh, great for the liver, but it, it does, and and many other herbs especially, may have an impact on uh, medications changing the way they work in the body, either accentuating their effect or diminishing their effect. So that's it's not going to happen with uh, astaxanthin, right? Yeah, astaxanthin... We don't, we just have a generic thing on there, you know, adults only, talk right. to a physician if you're right. taking medication, that kind of thing. Okay, which is just kind of maybe, you know, uh, generic precautions. And, you know, and, and sometimes we say, you know, when you're pregnant, you know, maybe go light on some of the things, you know, just taste some of the basic things. Um, and, uh, but not, there's no demonstration that it has any uh, toxicity to the, to the, uh, unborn child so okay so general use uh daily use uh and i think what's nice about astaxanthin is you know say you forget to use it for uh, a week it's it's its effect will not go away it's not like uh, your vitamin c your water soluble nutrients b vitamins where pretty much you should be taking them on a daily basis to maintain high blood levels right because you know you skip a day right it's 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 going to go down a little bit but there's kind of residual amounts that are stored in your in your tissue Right. Well, one thing is that carotenoids will compete for absorption. So okay. if there's limited fat or limited uh, fat enzymes in the, in the pancreas or limited bile in the gallbladder, uh, the carotenoids will compete with one another. One of the things I did when I was designing our uh, eye formulas, our eye health formulas, was to deliberately keep the beta carotene low mm-hmm. when I was trying to raise the lutein and zeaxanthin okay. because they compete. So what's the implication for taking uh, astaxanthin? I mean, if you're taking, say, an eye formula and you're taking astaxanthin, uh, you know, maybe you should stop taking your, your additional mixed carotenoid formula or is well, there? Is there no, just take them at different meals. Okay. With, preferably with some fat to aid the process of uh, fat absorption. Because we tell sometimes, we tell people sometimes to take certain things away from food. So, for example, uh, if you're taking amino acids where protein might compete with them, you know, you're taking something for uh, brain effects as a precursor to, right. um, you know, serotonin or to dopamine, eh, probably 
don't take it with a high protein meal because the protein is going to interfere with the uptake of the amino acid. Uh, here, you actually deliberately want to take it with a meal and particularly a meal with, with fat. Uh, no interference with, uh, you know, say you're taking your omega-3s. Uh, is that... Uh, no, the omega-3s will provide some of the fat you need for absorption. Okay. So that's good. actually good. Okay, so that's a or good Or a spoonful combo. of coconut oil or MCT oil. Those are fine to take with it. Okay, great. All right, so have uh, any other uh, research underway to explore the potential benefits of astaxanthin? Well... I mean, because it's a healthy carotenoid, it's a fat-soluble, free-radical fighter, antioxidant-type thing, uh, they're looking at other things because since it will pass cell membranes easily, any cell membrane that is fight has some free-radical damage, say lung cells or something like that, mm-hmm. you know, could theoretically benefit by taking a supplement because this will circulate and end up going to different cells, different tissues. So while they might have focused on muscle and eye and skin and, you know, various things like that, um, what are its effect on other healthy cells, uh, like lung cells? It, you know, you, you might find a more protective effect there. It just hasn't been studied. It may take more time to uh, do the proper studies to see uh, if other tissues are similarly protected. Okay, and I just, you know, while I have you, I, I just want to ask, you know, some people are taking krill uh, pills, krill oil uh, supplements, and uh, is is there much astaxanthin in that? that? That's one of the purported benefits of taking krill oil, which I, I'm not... I'm not particularly uh, uh, persuaded that krill oil is in some ways superior to omega-3 rich fish oil. Uh, but is there, is there a lot of astaxanthin in the krill oil, a significant amounts, or does it not hold a candle to the 12 milligram extra strength astaxanthin? Well, it's a fraction of a milligram. One estimate is 0.1 milligram per oh. uh, you know, 500 milligram capsule. Oh. But the advantage is uh, astaxanthin protects the oil from rancidity. I see. Okay. You know, these, you know, the, the omega-3 is especially prone to going rancid. We test every lot uh-huh. for, you know, Totox and peroxide value and, you know, these other measures yeah. of uh, rancidity to make sure they're fresh. But, you know, if you're taking krill oil that has astaxanthin, it has a built-in antioxidant, a pr- oh, okay. preservative okay. in there. Okay. And remember, krill oil is the phospholipid form, which is the same material as cell membranes. It absorbs really well compared mm-hmm. to regular fish oil. Right. I didn't want to get off on a tangent, but uh, does PFLB yeah. make a, a krill oil supplement as well? Yes, we do have krill oil. Okay, so you're you're on board with krill oil. Uh, but sometimes the critique there is that it, it you have to take the pills are smaller, but you got to take a lot more pills to get the equivalent amount of EPA and DHA. But then the argument is it's because of the phospholipid uh, carrier, it's more bioavailable. Uh, where do you land on that? Yeah, it seems like uh, taking say a thousand milligrams of krill oil might work as well as two or three thousand milligrams of fish oil mm-hmm. in terms of effects on inflammatory markers and you know the other things they test there mm-hmm. okay 
We actually make a thousand milligram krill oil as well as a five hundred milligram. So five hundred is the standard football shaped. Mm-hmm. One thousand is like the long soft gel that like you get normal fish oil. Okay. So we we make a double strength so you don't have to take as many, but you, you know you will tend to absorb more. And you know in the uh, there was a monograph on krill oil in one of the journals uh, years ago, and it actually showed the benefits of krill being superior to a higher dose of fish oil in mm-hmm. all these markers. Right. Yeah, and I've, re- I've read some of these studies. It's, I think uh, it's it it's thought-provoking. It has not yet gotten me to jump on the krill oil bandwagon. Also, some issues with sustainability with krill oil. I mean, we don't want to sweep up all the krill oil in the oceans because a lot of uh, uh, fish uh, that we value depend on, you know, like whales, depend on on krill but yeah i'm not i'm 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 not saying i'm uh anti krill oil i just i'm a little bit still from missouri um you know you gotta it you know it's it's the show me state and i you know i'm kind of into the traditional fish oil but the point being you know coming back to astaxanthin is if you think you're getting enough astaxanthin from your krill oil pills think again because you're not getting much right it's a little bit, but, you know, not a lot. Okay. Anything else to add on the astaxanthin subject? Well, it, it, it's a pretty little reddish pill, you know, a soft gel, and easy to take. They're small capsules. We make uh, vegetarian versions of them, so, you know, the veggie soft gels. So, you know, that's not really an issue. They're, you know, pure vegan materials. So, you know, that's something, you know, you don't have to worry about the gelatin or is it from fish or shellfish or those kind of things. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of universally acceptable. You know what, I, I, apropos gelatin, and this is a little off topic, is uh, there's this uh, condition, alpha-gal, which you're well aware of, is, is a sensitivity to red meat, uh, which people acquire from uh, a tick bite. And it, it's really uh, been in the headlines uh, this week. I talked about it on my radio show, and I noticed there were a bunch of features in uh, papers, the Wall Street Journal, and then on TV. It's kind of an alpha-gal awareness. And what they say is that you got to be careful about not just eating pork, beef, lamb, you know, traditional red meats. Uh, you got to worry about gel caps. Some gel caps are made from animal hooves, from mammals, and that can trigger alpha-gal sensitivity. So it's nice that you've got the the the, ve- the vegan capsules for people who have that. They're they're alpha-gal safe. Yeah, and they're, they're tiny little capsules. You know, they're not horse pills. People don't have to worry about that. I, I have a friend who's got the alpha-gal uh, thing. That's where I first heard of it years ago. Uh, one of my good friends got it from a tick bite. Oh, well, and he's he's still an alpha male, but he turned it into alpha-gal. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. So, yes, sidelight uh, on that. So, okay. Um, well, once again, let me announce uh, the AstraZeneca, the 12 milligram extra strength is available at drhoffman.com slash protocol for life balance. That's our uh, uh, online uh, full script dispensary. Uh, and uh, you can get information and order. Uh, once again, uh Neil Levin, thank you very much for joining us. And I always learn an enormous amount 
talking to you and you know i'm pretty into this but there's always more to learn and i'm sure that our audience has benefited from today's discussion so thanks again thanks we all specialize in our area so you know it's it's good to have these conversations and broaden our perspectives. Thank Indeed. You. Thank you so much. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman, and this is the Intelligent Medicine Podcast.